Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi everyone, just jumping in here to give you a wee snippet of Culture Vulture, our pop culture podcast, so if you want a break from the news, you should jump over and subscribe to it. Kia ora everybody. Kia ora. Now, me and Liv are going into, what is it, like week eight or seven or nine? Week nine. <laughs> week nine. Well, okay, No. End, end, end of week eight. I think we're into week nine tomorrow. Holy shit. So we've just, honestly, we've just jumped on the mic after having a big conversation about how we'd, we'd just gone into a proper studio and like felt how good it was to be able to record in a professional environment. And then now we're back to like our beds or our closets or the floor. Honestly, you should see us. We're literally lying on our sides on top of my bed. Like it's quite echoey. So really sorry about that. But there's it's just, fucking road work. Now, so. Yeah, there's just not a lot we can do. Um, Lockdown but, is just starting to take take its toll on the podcasting it is it is but you know we're gonna push through because it is so much fun coming on mic and chatting with you guys love the content um also one way that you can help us to get back into a studio is to go get vaccinated please 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 please, for us for yourself for your families for your friends get vaccinated honestly the sooner we're vaccinated the sooner we can get outside again i feel like if you're in New Zealand and you're not in Auckland, it would be so easy to forget about us, but we are struggling, so yes. please help us out. Aw. There's our wee plea for the start yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> um, also, just before we get into the topic of the day, I do want to give a wee content warning for this episode. We're talking about how ethical it is to sort of release um, artists' music after they've died, and we will be talking about death and suicide in this episode, so if that's not something you want to listen to very fair. You can go and listen to one of our other episodes, but just wanted to put that in there. Liv, do you want to give a bit of a rundown about what we're talking about today? Yes, absolutely. So today we are talking about posthumous music. So for those of you who don't know what posthumous music was, I actually didn't know the proper term for it, but as Lucy just said, it's music that has an artist's name attached to it when it's released and the artist has passed away. We've been wanting to call it posthumous because that's <laughs> yeah. how the word is read and we had to again practice before we got on mic and make sure that we weren't fucking it up because apparently last week I tried to say the word awry and when I read awry it looks to me like awry. <laughs> So I feel like I don't even remember saying it because it's not an easy word to say. But and I didn't even pick up on it. I probably was just like, well, what the fuck? Okay, what she's talking about? Like a real on. smart word. I just don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah literally. So again, give us a little bit of grace. We're in an almost ninth week of lockdown and we're getting shit wrong. Absolutely. But do tell us because oh. we're always here for a bit of, bit of improvement. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. So yeah, back to posthumous music. Um, It's especially common within rap as the genre has had a lot of talent taken far too soon. 
think in recent years Juice World, Lil Peep, and XXX Tentacion and Pop Smoke, to name sadly a, a few. few. I know. Um, but it occurs in any genre of music. The whole issue sort of resides around who should make or finish the music, or whether any music should be released at all after an artist has died. And who gets to make these decisions? Because they are decisions that involve a lot of emotion, a lot of money, and a lot of responsibility regarding the legacy of the artist at hand. So just like the interpolation debate that Luce and I had about a month ago about Olivia Rodrigo's music, um, it's a long time highly debated issue within the music industry. Yeah, and... You can kind of see why it gets done, like, for the Mm -hmm. fans. But the fans are also often the ones that are like, this isn't what they would have wanted. Absolutely. It's really hard to find positives. Me and Liv are going to go through just so many examples and basically talk about each example. And some of them were taken well, some of them weren't. And kind of see where we sit on each one. But, like, overall, it's a... I I don't really agree with it. Like, I don't agree... Unless they've stated that they want it. This is the thing. And I guess there is a quite a lot of nuance around the idea in certain cases. But, like, a lot of the cases are just exploited. But we'll yes. get into it. So there are two types of posthumous albums. There's intended posthumous albums where the artist knew they were about to die. So, for example, an album called Made in Heaven was made by... Yeah, by Freddie Queen, Mercury. Freddie Mercury, when he knew he was really sick. Um, and so he obviously wanted that released after he after he died. But there's also unintended posthumous albums, which we're going to be talking about today, which is where the artist dies suddenly and has left behind unreleased work. I actually couldn't find many other examples of intended posthumous albums. No, there's not many. I think David Bowie might have had one. Yeah, I was because I was sort of looking and I was like, how often is it that you contemplate your fate, that you know that it's happening? I know, I know. And I guess with people like Freddie, like that's a blessing that he knew and could make do what he was fucking best at. Absolutely. Yeah, but I couldn't. I couldn't find. No, there's not that many examples. There's just a whole lot of people who have sadly a lot of drug overdoses, mm. um, a lot of unintentional deaths mm. and yeah, fuck it's it's an it's a sticky debate. Uh, yeah, and it's an intense it's an intense conversation as well. Do you want to read out um, Anderson Park's tattoo? Yes. Okay, so this is really interesting because this is sort of what alive musicians um, are starting to do to sort of protect themselves and their music so Anderson Park actually got a tattoo on his forearm like pretty big it's pretty explicit that literally says when I'm gone please don't release any posthumous albums or songs with my name attached those were just demos and were never intended to be heard by the public that's so wild when you sent that to me I was just like this is like, it's crazy that they have to do that or put it in their will so young, if they even have a will, it's so, that they don't want yeah. anyone exploiting their name. Lana Del Rey shared that to her Instagram story. Like, And what'd she say? She was like, it's in my will, but it's also on his tattoo. So yes. she's also put it in her will. That- well, it's so 
crazy that this is something that they have to think about so young because like don't let someone go through my voice memos and like release my shit right like troll through my computer see all of my like imagine it's like someone going through your diary no and then releasing it to the world because they think that's what well either they want money or they think it's what the fan wants absolutely so i think one of the reasons that we did this podcast there's been rumors about mac miller's label releasing a second posthumous album Mm. from mac who sadly died in 2018 Mm. um this one's really close to my heart fucking love mac i know he's got a really 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 strong fan base um so this one was actually really interesting we're going to talk about circles which was his first posthumous album that most of you have probably heard of So his passing was only a month after he released his critically acclaimed album, Swimming. Mm. Do you remember that album, Mm -hmm. Mm Luce? So when that came out, that was like really, really well received. Everyone was like, oh my God, he's grown so much as an artist. This is amazing. And yet literally a month after it came out, we got the news that he had passed away, which was so, so devastating to his really, really like amazingly strong fan base. Um, And it turned out that he had been working on an album that was sort of meant to be its counterpart, Mm. um, Circles. So the whole, you know, concept was swimming in circles. Mm -hmm. And so in this instance, Mac's family actually rung John Bryan, who produced Swimming alongside Mac, and also was working on Circles with him and asked him specifically to finish the second album that they'd been working on. So this time it wasn't through the label. Mm. So... Yeah, it it was really interesting because this was a very intimate sort of, you know, Mac would have wanted this. Yes. 80% of the album was already done. This is so similar to Avicii, who we'll go into next. 80% of his yeah. posthumous album was done. So yeah. interesting. So they've got that blueprint there, right? Yeah. They know they know majority of what they would have wanted for it sonically and hopefully marketing-wise. But, yeah, so there had been, like, 50 songs that um, could fill up the rest of the 20% of the album. I don't know how they get those songs. I'm guessing they go into his computer. Or do they mean by 80% done is like they had all the tracks like 80% mastered? Yeah, so they had they had 80% of the album done and then I think there was like 20% where they weren't sure like what songs to fill in the holes oh, sort of okay. thing. So it wasn't so, that they were half done songs. No, yeah, they were like, um, there was Gaps. like 50 songs. He was a really, really prolific Whoa. artist. Um, and Brian, the producer, he quoted, I'd find myself in tears working and going, okay, just power through. And then he said that he'd know if something was tonal, tonally right if he felt like he was standing in the room, if he felt like Mac was standing in the room. See, I think it's really hard on the producers oh my God, and stuff yeah. to have to do this as well. I, again, read about the friends and producers that worked on Avicii's posthumous album and they were like, it was the most difficult thing they've ever had to do i can't even like going in there straight after and and having to start working on it and especially if someone was in quite a bad mental state and Mm. like seeing the music that was so i don't know mac always talked about like his death and you know all of that and you just wonder if the pros outweigh the cons or not even the cons like if it's necessary i often feel like these albums are released so quickly after the death of the artists and whether it's intentional or not that's to go from like the press around the artist oh dying my God. and it, like yeah in a blatant sense i know it's 
marketing. It's it's I know. like a marketing strategy. Like it's it's really like no matter how up. good your intentions are, the whole concept of this that their names in the press right now and 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 it like makes sense for you to release this album now is just so not it. absolutely. I know. Like this, I think with circles, I am sort of like I think this was good, mm. but. The, the reaction to Circles was sort of overwhelmingly positive from his fan base. Mm. And, like, if you go on to, you know, a lot of the music videos and stuff, people are like, thank you so much for the way that you've handled this mm. album. Like, this is amazing. It feels so close to what Mac would have produced anyway. But the thing is, we will never actually know what Mac mm. would have wanted. Do you know who made the money from this? Well, album? I'm guessing his estate... Um, the producer and the label, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. So this is the thing. Like, it's, we can't be naive in thinking that this is just a really nice thing. I really want to give this situation the benefit of the doubt and be like, their intentions were to sort of memorialize Mac and mm. put out all of this really amazing work that he had definitely intended to be heard. Mm -hmm. But in saying that, yeah, it's pretty naive to just think that you you need to understand like the capitalization that comes from releasing these albums. I hate to do this to you all, but if you want to hear the rest, which I know you do, head over to Culture Vulture wherever you get your podcasts. Love you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.